Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to the More Than Sunday podcast. And I'm Randy Hewitt. I'm the pastor at Life Community Church. And I'm here because Tim and Lauren have abandoned ship. And they have gone to Disney. And then they just threw this uh, on us, the, you know, this great uh, opportunity. So thank you so much for letting us be here. And with me is Johnny Harris, our children's pastor. Hey, how's it going today? Uh, glad to be here on the uh, More Than Sunday podcast. It's a pleasure. So this is weird for me because what they do on the podcast is they talk about the past week's sermon. And so it, it's just a little different, you know, when you're talking about your own sermon. Uh, you know, and they don't usually talk about how weak it was, but that's, that's what I'm going to be talking about today is uh, points that I should have made. On the sermon, but we we uh, we had a had a great week last week, and uh, we we were in the series that we talked about finding your purpose, and so this was the the end of the series, and we talked a lot about the purpose of the church. So, are, what are some things you got from that, Johnny? Man, it was it was a, a great sermon. It might be weird to dissect your own sermon, but I know from preaching myself, there are many times where you're like, "Oh, I forgot to say that." This is your opportunity to hit those notes yeah. that you may have forgotten to jump into. Uh, man, I, I think you started strong uh, immediately out the gate. I think in the first forty five seconds, you could have dropped the mic and said, "Enjoy the Cowboys game. We're done." Because uh, you opened up. That's what a lot of people would have liked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you you opened up. You said a grace eliminates the need of works to earn God's love, but it empowers us to do great works because we know we are loved. And just that dynamic is just it, it's so freeing and. And that's a great quote. And what's even amazing is I don't think I stole that quote. I think that's actually my quote. So that's even better. Pastor Randy Hewitt. <laughs> no, it, but it, it reminded me of one of my favorite quotes from Ralph Waldo Emerson, which says, uh, treat a man as he is and he will remain as he is. Treat a man as he could be and he'll become what he should be. And and it's the same cause and effect with our, our grace and love from God that empowers us to do those great works, not to earn his love, but because we've been granted his love. And, and so that, that one really spoke to me. And I think a lot of times people don't think of, about grace as an empowerment. Yeah. We think of grace as how, you know, as we receive it from the Lord as unmerited favor, unearned gift, a gift from God. You know, salvation is a gift, but we don't think of it at the same time that grace is this gift of ability to accomplish uh, the gift that he's given us of salvation. So it's a twofold gift. It's, it's way more than twofold, but that's, you know, that's, I don't think we often think about that. Then we kind of I talked about uh, what's the calling of the church, what's the purpose of the church, because yes, we've been talking about purpose. So this week we're just kind of talking about what is the purpose of the church. And and to me, I, I think it's always uh, interesting because every church, us included, every church has uh, statements. They have purpose statements, and really, uh, our pur- purpose statement as as followers of Christ is really defined for us. Our commander in chief has told us go into the world and make disciples. Yes, sir. And then, you know, then he further defined that in Acts chapter 1 as he is ascending to the Father. He says, you know, go into Jerusalem, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So he, he he's defined, you know, the characteristics of that. So I, I think a lot of times we don't realize how important discipleship is and that relationship of discipleship. Discipleship is not uh, an activity. 
it's it's hard for us to think about what discipleship is. Uh, we want to you know because we want to make it you know do this you do this you do this. Jesus discipled his disciples, and he did it with through relationship. So he was with them, and in the context of being with them, he was able to teach them. And they were they they didn't always catch it. You know yeah. you can we can read that even at at the time of his death, he's told them repeatedly that he's going to die, but he's still having to get through their preconceived view of what that means. So uh, discipleship is us building that relationship. What do you think about it? How, how do you see discipleship? I, I love that you jumped in uh, to discipleship through, throughout that whole message. Um, what it really stuck out to me, the, the practical comparison that, that really jumped out to me, was that a, a good manager doesn't make good employees. Yeah. A good manager raises up other great managers. And that, that's the biggest testament to, to the success of a great manager is people coming up behind them who can even replace them. I, you know, I, I coached at ASI Gymnastics for 13 years, and uh, having a tight-running gym was great, but my proudest moment ever was I had this, this employee named Annabelle Annabelle, if you're watching, and uh, she was real unconfident coaching boys and power tumbling, and I was like, no, you can do this. And watching her take on that training and get confident in those uh, aspects of, of her coaching was great. And then I left the company, got into full-time ministry, thanks to you, by the way. And um, what's great is just down the street is ASI Mesquite, and she is now the general manager of that gym. So rather than just focusing on bringing up or, or maintaining a great employee, uh, I, I now have seen her go up and now is bringing up other people behind her to do what she's doing so she can move on in her career. So that, that's, that's the image of discipleship is yeah. to uh, not just, Jesus didn't just train his disciples to do what he told them to do. He said, all these things you've seen me do, you will do the same and greater things than what you've seen me do. And, and that's, that's the per snapshot of discipleship. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. And discipleship is so, you know, just continuing the train because the the train or the you know the supply of disciples because every generation has to hear about Christ. It's just yes. it doesn't just happen. Uh, every generation has to be apprehended by the gospel. So people have to be told. They have to be prepared. We have to go. Every every generation has to go into all the world and preach the gospel. We have to accept the assignment, and and it didn't. You know, for years and years and years. Uh, they didn't. They didn't send missionaries. It was unusual, and when missionaries started going, because it was like you know, if God wants to save them, He doesn't need you. He doesn't need your help. He doesn't need our help, but He has. He has invited us to be what the Bible calls co-laborers. That we're laborers yes. together with God. Isn't that Come incredible? On. Amen. That we get to be uh, with God and in, in laboring with that. Uh, then, then we started. Uh, let's see. Well, I can't even remember the next point. Uh, back going to the ends of the earth. And then we talked about uh, one mistake is that we often see the church as a building. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you, I think generally when you talk to people, they see uh, the church as a building. But the church is, is, it is a building, but it's not a building. <laughs> uh, what's, what's unique, it says in that same verse we talked about, we're co-laborers with, with God. He says, you are God's field. You are God's building. Mm -hmm. So, there's no building that is the building that is the church. But there is a building that is the church, 
and that's us. Made up of you and me, yes, that sir. We, we are that building. Yes, sir. Yeah, uh, you, you, you jumped a little further ahead of me than there, um, but I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I'm going to skip ahead to that part there. Um, that was one of my favorite parts of the message you shared about how churches in a building, often we think, oh, we're going to church rather than we are the church. Yeah. But uh, the church is a building, but it's a building made up of each and every one of us. And you used a great analogy about uh, stonemasons and how when we built the front of this church, if you've ever been to our actual location here, um, we, we have beautiful stonework on the front of our building and how they have to take these raw stones and put them together like a jigsaw puzzle that hasn't yeah. been jigsawed and they have to chip away parts going, well, this one almost fits there. I'm going to work it to where it will fit there. And uh, each of us in different aspects of our, our lives are being chipped away as we're being placed into the church that uh, of, of Jesus. Um, we're being chiseled ourselves, But the thing is, oftentimes, I think we, we think because we're still in the process of being chiseled or chipped away to fit into that building for the exact purpose Christ has called us to fill, that makes us feel like maybe we're disqualified from yet having people follow us, being yeah. able to disciple people. Um, and, and that's something I actually faced when... So about five, six years ago, I went to a men's retreat with a pastor friend of mine named Mike Watt. Uh, I wrestle in a ministry for the past nine years called the Christian Wrestling Federation. And Mike was one of our first wrestlers that ever wrestled there. He moved to Lubbock several years ago, started a church there. And Mike has gone on to uh, start CWF West Texas as well. And a bunch of us CWF guys went to a men's retreat. Did you say Christian... Wrestling Federation? Wrestling Federation. So that. okay. That's the one. CWF, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and... Uh, um, CWF. So what is C to Beth? Yeah, not. Uh, <laughs> I know you tease me about no, it a lot. No, but no, but nevertheless, no, nevertheless, I mean just so that so they would know what it meant. Yes, Christian yeah. Wrestling Federation. Yeah. Check yeah. us out. I'm, maybe you. I'm not sure you said that. Maybe you did, but you know. But uh, uh, that not was Christian actually, Women's Fellowship. It is not not Christian Women's Fellowship. <laughs> Christian Wrestling. But it was actually at that men's retreat where I felt the the call to go from just serving in ministry to actually step yeah. into a pastoral role. And a big theme during that week of, of our men's retreat was discipleship. And I remember going, well, Mike, I, I would love to be discipled by you. And he's like, well, cool. Well, who are you discipling at home? He said, well, I'm not discipling anyone. I, I don't, I'm not where you are. I'm, I don't think I'm ready to disciple anybody. And he said, well, Johnny, you don't have to be where I am. But there's, I might be a couple steps ahead of you in this walk with Jesus. But there are people who are a couple steps behind you. But at the end of the day, they're not following you. These people are following Jesus. Discipleship breaks down to follow me while I follow Jesus. I may be one step ahead of you. Yeah, that's, that's it. Good. Just follow me while I follow Jesus. And if I'm a few steps ahead of you, there's someone a few steps behind you. There's someone a few steps behind them. And that's what discipleship really comes down to is, man, it's not about me. Just like when we go up there to preach, our biggest jobs as pastors is get out of way so they don't see us. They see Jesus. It's not our words they should hear. It's not Randy's words. It's not my words. It, it's it's a word of God that they need to hear. And that's what discipleship is really about is you're not following me. I'm just following Jesus. I mean, even back to the corporate world when I was managing apartment buildings or managing gymnastic gyms, um, yeah, I might have been the manager and my employees had to do what I said, but I had a district manager and I did what she said. And she had a CEO and she did what he said. Yeah. And he had business uh, professors at 
uh, uh, UT who told him how to run a business. We're all following somebody at the end of the day. And for us as believers, we're all following Jesus. And that's discipleship. Yeah. Amen. That's good. That's good. So then we talked about what that means and how, how, how God builds this house. That if we are his house, how God builds that. So, uh, we're a chosen people, which is we, God chose us. Uh, and, you know, we get in this whole thing about when he chose us. And, it, you know, Ephesians talks about he chose us before the foundation of the world, that we would be blameless in him. And that's so cool. Uh, he chose us that we would be blessed with every blessing in heavenly places. So he chose us, this this whole thing that he's bringing us into his family, which is, you know, just uh, always amazing to me, incredible. You know, God doesn't need us. There wasn't mm-hmm. anything that God in eternity needed God the Father, God the Son, and Holy Spirit weren't in any level of need when they decided to create us and create a purpose and and universe and bring us into his into eternity. So he created time and us so that he could bring us into eternity. And so being chosen wow. I think is really uh that he predestined us and and being chosen is is I think something we don't recognize how incredible that is that yeah. God looked down through eternity and said, Johnny, I want you. And we think, wow. There were a lot of other people yeah. to pick. We think, yeah, you know, <laughs> think, wow, God's not a very good picker, is he? Uh, you know, I mean, to all of us, you know, I'm not picking on you. I mean, it, all of us that way. That it's just I, amazing. I, you know, I, well, I like, probably I like sports, but, you know, one of the, the undeniably the greatest quarterback of all time is Tom Brady. Dude went undrafted. He, he he wasn't any. He was literally beyond the last pick. They went through all the picks and nobody picked him. And then when finally someone picked him up, he proved to be the greatest of all time. Uh, and and that's what God can do with us. We just make ourselves available. Uh, I think that's it's good, funny yeah. how earlier I talked about how you use the reference of the the stone workers chipping away, and sometimes we think, well, I'm still being chipped away. That disqualifies me. And the opposite happens once were being used. I know personally, um, once I was called, I stopped ignoring the call to be a pastor. I w- and I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. And then I uh, got the, the position here. I was like, cool, I'm ready to pastor. And sometimes our, our insecurities stop us from answering the call. And then our ego stops us from being able to fulfill the call. Because I know when I, when I first came on, if I'm, if I'm being completely real with you here, I was like, nope, this means I'm ready to pastor. And I didn't realize, no, now you're, you, there's still a lot of chipping away to do. Um, just because you've been drafted and uh, you, 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 you've made the team doesn't mean you're ready to start in the World Series. You know, um, and, and even, even as a rookie, it's okay to strive to be rookie of the year. Yeah. That's great. But don't get discouraged if you're not also nominated for MVP of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you've got to... Be comfortable where you are, being used how you're being used, but also know that there's still development to be done for you. And sure, there are people coming up behind you who you have stuff to teach, but there are vets in front of you you can still learn from. And and again, that that that's the two-sided coinness of discipleship yeah. is always discipling and always being discipled. Yeah. It's 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 a process of both. And what's is I, when I think about chosen. One, one aspect of chosen that I think is so cool is that being chosen, uh, we're chosen before the foundation of the world. So being chosen is not because we're going to do something. God chooses us for his own pleasure, mm-hmm. his own glory, his own purposes. He didn't look down through heaven 
to eternity and say, oh, well, they're going to do good stuff. And it's not just pastors that are chosen or, because we're both pastors. It's not that pastors that are chosen. We're all chosen. Yes, sir. We're, we all have the same value uh, to Christ. It's so incredible. To, what a gift. So that's one of the ways that he, he fulfills that purpose in us. Uh, what? How, much, how are we going on time? Uh, person in the in the background. So we're sixteen <laughs> minutes. So we're we're, we're uh, you know we can't answer every question and re-preach the whole sermon. Well, so. I, I love that you said that because we, we're all called to disciple. That wasn't just. Uh, it's so easy to look at that call of discipleship and think, well, that's not for me again because I'm still in the process of being chiseled. Uh, no, that that's the call for all of us. Um, and just. You, you mentioned at one point, you quoted Jesus, said, I am the way, the truth, the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And now that I know that, I'm aware of it. Why am I aware of that? Because someone told me, someone discipled me, yeah. someone led me to that. So why would I then keep that to myself? Why wouldn't I want to share that with someone so I can make sure they know? Now they can tell someone else. And now you have the the theory of multiplication where it just keeps spreading and getting bigger and bigger and bigger and more and more people know it's it, it's not for us to keep to ourselves it is to share with others if i know why wouldn't i want to tell everyone that's not just for pastors it is for all of us to follow someone and call other people up behind us with us yeah the one of the scriptures that i've always loved where where uh, in first peter he says live such good lives that People see what you're doing, and and on the day of visitation, they glorify your Father who's in heaven. So there's this whole thing of where if we live in such a way that people ask us, he says, so then people will ask you for the reason for the hope that's within you. So, mm-hmm. so if we live as Christians should live in this world, and it's a challenge, but if we live as Christians should live, we don't have to... We don't have to live grabbing people by the lapel, making sure they listen to us. But if we live how we should live, they're going to grab us by the lapel yeah. and say, hey, what's up I with you? what you have. Yeah, what do you have? And so this, some of the dynamics of that, Jesus said, uh, you need to love each other the way I have loved you. He said, if, if you love each other like that, uh, they'll know that you're my disciples. Yeah. So it's important that we demonstrate and show that kind of love. So, so important. Then the other thing was is that uh, he said, it, Father, I pray that there'll be one as you and I are one, that we would have that degree of unity. So there's how we disagree. So where does unity is not natural. I mean, if you know, if you've been married or you realize that to maintain maintain a unity takes an effort and a desire. It doesn't mm-hmm. just happen. And so in the same way we have to we have to work at unity because this unity is natural. And so it's how we handle conflict, how we disagree. Yeah. And today with social media, uh, everybody has an opinion and it's created this whole, this whole anger that's happening. So how, how we disagree and how we convey that I think is a big part of our witness today and how we, how we communicate love and grace and mercy. The truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ without compromise, but we do it in a in a culture of, of grace and mercy and and humility ourselves, knowing that you know we're just it's all because of what Christ has done. Yeah, and then having that life that you live where people can watch it and and wonder and want what you have is great. The Book of Revelation says um, they are saved by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and and 
being able to share, live out, and show what Christ has done. This is what I was before Jesus. This is how Jesus changed my life, and this is my life after Jesus can lead people to the blood of the Lamb. Because at the end of the day, that's what saves us. But how do we lead people there? (laughs) By the word of our testimony. Yeah. Absolutely. And, yeah, how we live it is so important. Yes, sir. Well, I think that's that's a pretty good wrap-up to me uh, of what, you know, to hit the highlights. Yes, sir. Of what we covered. I could guess I could spend 45 minutes to do the whole thing again <laughs> and just start over. But, but that one's already on YouTube. You can yeah, check it out. Yeah. <laughs> and starting a new series this week on prayer, the Lord's Prayer. I think it'll be good. So thanks for joining with us. It's great, great to great to see everybody today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, sir. <laughs> God bless you guys. We'll see you next time.